again, I hope that you're experiencing and sensing at home the, the same presence of the Holy Spirit that is in this place today. Turn in your Bibles with me to, to Romans chapter 3 if, if you've got your Bibles. And, and I've got a little illustration as you he, see here this morning. If you can see this, we've got a cross and we've got chains. And these are real chains. And you know, so long we've seen draped over the cross the beautiful uh, purple ribbon that represents you know, his purity, his glory. Uh, his resurrection, but man, I want you to know that this cross also represents something about our chains. Easter is a celebration of how Christ has set us free, how he's removed the chains of sin, and Christ has set us free, and we should constantly and consistently live in that freedom. And, and especially, you know, when you're, when you're worshiping God at home, when you're just going through your life, many people fail to realize that there is a, a freedom that is found through Christ. You know, several years ago in Darlington, Maryland, there was a story about a, a mom. She was a mother of eight, and she came home one afternoon, and her five children were gathered around, circled up, and all huddled up in the living room, and she thought, what in the world is going on? And she kind of scurried over to see what all the commotion was and what all the excitement was. And, and sure enough, she gets close to that circle, and, and I've got five kids, so I know, I know how this can be, how they can get into mischief. So she sees in the middle of that circle five baby skunks. She yelled, children, run! And so that's exactly what the kids did. They each grabbed a skunk and they ran, scurried out the door. And you say, what in the world? Well, I want you to understand that um, it's just kind of a cute illustration. I'm going to share with you earlier how we do very similar thing with our sins, with things that are stinky and smelly that we don't let go of. But today, you know, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we do that, we acknowledge that Jesus didn't do all of what he did in vain. Uh, but the purpose that he did this was to set you and I free. Can you say that word at home right now? Say free. We've been set free. And, and it's important that you realize that he came to set us free from the bondage of, of sin and all the things that sin plagues us with because, because of Jesus. Right here, because of Jesus, these chains, because of Jesus, these chains are gone. Amen? I just made some of the people on the front row jump here. There's only three of them, so uh, wake up, Pastor Zach. But, you know, believers, just as unbelievers, have a hard time realizing this liberation. Like the children in the story, we grab hold of of our smelly, stinky sins and our fears, and, and we deny the very miracle that God has set us free. And that's something that is so important for you to understand. This morning, I want to examine what it means to be free and how we, too, can realize what it means to be free, how we can realize that these chains, these chains are gone. I'm going to leave them up here just so you see them, but these chains are gone. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that we celebrate a risen Lord today. And I invite your Holy Spirit to, to speak to hearts this morning, God, and transform lives. I pray that those folks that are at home sitting down on their couches right now would, would receive this message of, of freedom and liberation, knowing that he whom the Son has set free is truly free 
is free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated now, by the way, if you're not seated at home. And, uh, and I got to fix my chains because I, I didn't put them back properly. That, that'll just drive me crazy. Won't that drive you crazy at home if I don't do them right? Is it just me? Quiet, Sarah. I know. Just me. <laughs> and Heather. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Take a look in your Bible. I think I've got that up on the screen for you. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. You and I are righteousness. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. You know, that song that we sang, I'm going to refer to it throughout this message this morning. Um, and, and I think as we were in a staff meeting a few, a few weeks, several weeks ago, a few months ago now, I believe it was Natasha Dickey that uh, kind of said, you know, Pastor, that song, Gone, would make a great Easter focus. And, and I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's an awesome song. Now my sin is dead and gone, and I sing hallelujah. Done, done. He is risen. It is done. His three words that he used was, it is finished. As I was preparing for the message this morning, I felt that God was revealing to me kind of a, a systematic approach, if you will, uh, to help us realize that these chains of our life being removed. And so I'm going to give you three key words that I want to look at quickly this morning. They are investigate, excavate, and recreate. Investigate, excavate, and recreate. The first one, excavate, means to carry out a systematic or formal inquiry to discover and examine the facts as to, so as to establish the truth. So this morning, we're going to look at some facts so that we can establish the truth. People in this world today wonder, what is truth? You hear this, you hear that. I want you to know the truth of God's word today and this morning. I believe that that truth will help to set you free. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 says it this, this way. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from, guilty, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You know, there's an interesting correlation between drawing near to God and investigating our own hearts that I think is, is more than just a coincidence. Because, you know, the truth is when we draw near to God, we begin to naturally see what doesn't fit his image for us. Lisa and I used to enjoy watching this show on TV. I think it's still on. We just don't watch it as much, but it was called CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. Anybody ever watch that? It's about, some of you out here have watched that. And it's about a team and they get really down and dirty at, at investigating um, the crimes to find out the facts. And they have all kinds of cool tools and procedures and equipment to help investigate right down to the microscopic level to get to the truth. And this is the type of investigation that God wants us to allow to take place in our hearts. The sentiment is echoed in the psalmist prayer of Psalm chapter 139 
This is a verse that, that I had to memorize. I remember when I was a kid, I went one year to a Christian school in, in the seventh grade, and um, this, this whole psalm we memorized, and it has stuck in my heart forever. Psalm 139, verse 23 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. You know what's, what's amazing about that is we can put on a facade on the outside that looks okay to everybody else, right? But when we say, like David prayed, search me and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, know what's going on up here, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, to investigate is to give more than just a passing glance. It's more than just walking up to the crime scene and going, wow, you know, looks like something bad happened here. You know, it's a little bit more than just a casual approach. It's allowing God to really get in there and point out all the flaws, point out all the, the shortfalls, all the fears, all the shames, all the hurts. Are you guys hearing me this morning? You say, wow, that, that sounds kind of like a painful process, Pastor. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, it is. It is. When God brings to the surface the things in me, when we pray that prayer the psalmist prayed, God, search me and know me, my thoughts. Do you know that he knows those thoughts that you commit sin in your mind with? But here's the amazing thing about the truth as we dig deep. And don't tune out now. Don't say, oh, well, <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> I know you probably shouldn't say that from the pulpit, but that's what some of you feel, right? You think, oh, no, you know, and that sounds painful. But here's the truth. If we want to discover the truth in our life that we are set free, it's a necessary step to dig this up. But you know what? It's also the first step. The second step is to excavate. To excavate means to dig out material from the ground, to extract material from the ground. By digging. So here's the, here's the proverbial removal process. We've identified the areas that don't measure up to God's standards. Now, we need to allow God to take these things from us. Sounds simple, right? Well, why is it then that so many of us struggle with the same issues over and over again? If we just allow it to, you know, just allow God to dig these things up. Well, the truth is that we have not fully allowed God to take these things from us. And going back to that opening illustration with the skunks, you know, we, we want to hold on to those things. We want to grab them and, and we run. We, we still cling to the chains because that, that is our sinful nature. That's what's inside of us. We cling to those things and that's what our sin nature expects us to do. Somebody, I was having a conversation with someone recently and we we're talking about trust and talking about uh, our children and different stages of our kids and, and it's not just with kids, it's with adults too. And uh, well, well, don't you trust me? And it's well, yeah, I, it's not you that I don't trust, it's your sin nature inside of you. And guess what? We all have it, right? Uh, and, and those are the things that we, we cling to. But Romans, I think I have it up on the screen there, Romans chapter 7 verse 21 I have discovered this principle of life. This is out of the New Living Translation. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is what? Wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But, but, 
It says here in verse 23, there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still inside of me. Listen, whatever chains you're holding on to, whatever sins you're holding on to, you've got to let them go. You've got to let go of them. I know it's hard because doing so, letting go of those chains is you acknowledging that we or you are not in control. And you know what? We, we all like to be in control. Uh, and letting go means you're not in control. Well, what about me? I'm a control freak. What do I do? You have to, this is the process of dying and saying, I'm not in control, God. You're in control. I give you my chains, I give you my baggage, I give you my mess, I give you my junk. So after you investigate and then you excavate, there's a few other things in the process of excavating and, and they are these. Number one, you've, you've got to confess. Psalm chapter 32 verse 3, Psalm chapter 32 verse 3, it says this. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. You know, refusing to address the problem directly will directly lead to your downfall. Refusing to direct the problem directly or to address the problem directly will directly lead to your downfall. Well, we've already investigated and seen the root issues here. Now we have to confess them to God so that he can begin the excavating process. The next step in that process of digging things up is to turn from it. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11. I have it on the screen right from you right for you there it says turn from it. But you, man of God, woman of God, person of God, young person, flee from all this. Flee. Did you hear that? It says flee. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. You know, the hardest step in the excavating process may be to walk away from our chains of bondage. So many of us want to hold on to these chains of bondage. But this verse doesn't just say walk away. What does it say? It tells us to flee. Get the heck away, man. Run away. And those chains can easily pull us back in if we're not careful. I don't care if you've been serving the Lord for a long time or, or you're just brand new. Run, flee, escape that, that area where those chins are or where those sins are and those chains are. You know, sin that's killed in the mind, that's destroyed in the, the what I call the embryo stage, the barely birth stage, sin that's destroyed here will not become a part of your future. Kill it in our mind, right? Your life will go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. If you're entertaining sinful thoughts, sinful activities, what you're going to do here, there, instead of just, man, I want to pursue God, I want to pursue righteousness and holiness. The third thing that we discover here is that we got to grow from it. Grow from it. Falling short is not without consequence. For you, it might mean losing something. It might mean losing a job, maybe a relationship, maybe money, or it may be the guilt of knowing that the good news is that God separates us from our sins. The bad news is that we often have a hard time separating ourselves. But I want to I want to offer you this morning a new way of thinking. And that new way of thinking is simply to to make that a part of your history. 
and say, I'm not going back to those old chains. I'm not going back to that old way of life. My sins are, what's that song that we sang this morning? What was it called? Gone. Gone. Does that mean that we're not tempted to go back? Absolutely not. But when we let go of those chains and we say, you know what, I'm not going back there. Temptation is a lie from the enemy promising you something today that it cannot deliver. It's a lie from the enemy. And we're all going to be tempted. The, the, devil's, the devil is going to be throwing out that bait to you. I call it your hell bait. He casts it out in front of you and he tries to reel you right in. And I want you to know that if you destroy that sin... And that temptation, it won't become a part of your future. Make it a part of your history. Please don't, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not, I'm not saying that you should beat yourself up by remembering you know, all those things as long as you can. I'm saying to take these experiences that you've learned from and grow from it. Use it for your growth. Look back and say, that's where I once was. Here I am now, and that's where I'm going after Jesus. Use it as a marker of your history so you can look back and see how God has changed you for the better. I look back at where I was, and I say, I'm not going back. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, I said it, I read this earlier, but let me read it again. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting in him, for our guilty consciousness have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly, unwaveringly to the hope we affirm without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. There's another verse in that song that I love. It says, praise is a weapon that will overcome. You know, when, when you, and maybe when we started that song, and we're going to sing that song again. I'm sorry, we're going to be closing with that song. And, and you were like, man, I, I just don't know. Listen, when you praise God and you say, you know what, I'm not perfect. Yeah, and I had some failures this week, and I even blew it this week. I got in a fight with my husband on the way to church today, or my wife, amen, right? But you know what? How many of us blow it like that? I want you to know that praise, listen to me, worshipers, people at home, your praise is a weapon that overcomes the lie of the enemy because he seeks to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he starts in your mind. And he says, you're not worthy. And I want you to know something. You are worthy because of the cross of Calvary. Shame off of you. And those sins are gone. It is done. It is finished. Don't keep going back to that, right? And realize that my sins are gone. I'm going to shout like the battle's won. Fall back, devil, because your time is done. Your time is up. Amen? So we're, hey, we're getting excited here, so I hope you can get excited at home. Fall back, devil. I'm going to live like the stone is gone, and every time you're tempted, I want you to sing that song in your mind. I want you to picture that visual in your mind and realize that my praise is a weapon that overcomes the lie of the enemy that says you're not good enough. Devil, you're a liar, and you're the father of lies. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. Our praise is a weapon. When you do this, you begin to see life through different eyes. It's a new life. And that's the life I want you to see this morning. And the final point I want you to hear is the word recreate. To create again is what that means. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, one of my favorite verses in scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. There's a song that Brandon Heath sings. It's called, I Am Not Who I Was. There's a great video on YouTube, I Am Not Who I Was. And it shows the contrast of what we once were 
And through Jesus and his crucifixion and his resurrection, what he has created us to be. What does it mean when we read that scripture? If anyone is in Christ, to be in Christ means that we've accepted him into our lives as our Lord and our Savior. It's not just an intellectual embracing of a Christian doctrine. It is abiding in Jesus Christ and saying, Lord, I am in you. You are in me. And I've invited you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. It's not that I just believe in you. It's that I have accepted you into my life to be my Lord, which means that everything that I say and do, I want to bring honor and glory to you. I don't live my life for myself. I live it to bring honor and glory to him. That's what it means. And I've repented of my old way of life. And it doesn't mean that you'll never sin again. Because we do. But it means that you're no longer a slave to sin. And you're not going to live in that sin. You're going to move on and, and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. And I'm not sure if you realize that. But that's the only provision in the world for our sin is Jesus Christ. Through him alone, we can know God personally and experience his love and his plan for our life. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, that he died in our place, but God demonstrates his own love, his amazing love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, that's why we celebrate Easter. It's not about tradition. It's not about Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and all that wonderful stuff. It's quite simply what Christ did for us. And, and listen, I hope you, you have some wonderful traditions that you enjoy. And, and, and I think we're going to make a ham at home today and enjoy that. And, and if you're without uh, power and all that stuff at home, let me know. And we'll bring you a goodie bag or something like that. Uh, we want to bless you. But understand that he saved us from the life we used to live. And he has set us free of the chains that have held us down. These chains, they're heavy. Chains of sin are heavy. They bog you down. It's hard to run a marathon. It's hard to, to live this life with these, these heavy chains wrapped around us. But as we sang in that song and as the scripture is telling us, those chains that are gone, they've been removed through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The verse in the song says, Done done. He is risen. It is done. And I sing hallelujah. How great the power of your blood. Man, and when, when we sing that again, and, and when we close and wrap up our service this morning, I pray in Jesus' name that you will be able to sing that song with a new spirit of praise that erupts from your soul because you realize that they're gone. You say, well, pastor, you know, what, what if I haven't really, you know, confessed of my sins and repented? Well, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. You confess those sins, you repent and turn from them. You know, there's a, uh, the, the, the last part of that says, I am the righteousness of God. How great the power of the blood. You know, there's those, I'm not big into the, the games that, that are online out there, but there's this, I think it's called Clash of Clans, it's, one of those strategic games, and the object is to, is to uh, take your army that you've built up and to take down the other guy's army and his base and destroy it all, right? And many of those strategy games, it doesn't just stop at defeating the other guys, the bad guys, right? It doesn't stop there. Then you have to tear down their base, you have to destroy them, but you immediately build a new base where their base was. That's the way the game works, at least to my understanding. You, you have to build your base now in its place when you destroy them. 
Jesus came to do the same thing, right? He's removed the old junk. He's come to destroy hell, death, and the grave in your life and the sins and the chains that shackle you, the old junk. And now he wants to build up something new that is even greater in its place. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are, what? Say it at home, I can't hear you. His undeserved kindness declares that we are, help me out guys, righteous. Thank you. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. The question this morning is how often do we celebrate this freedom in our lives? You know, I think sadly, sometimes it's once a year. Sometimes we, we celebrate when I remember. Sometimes we celebrate when I'm in trouble. Maybe on Sundays. Maybe it's daily for you. If it's just Easter Sunday, then you're missing out. Am I truly living the life that is worthy of the freedom that I have been given? Or am I still holding on to these old chains? That's a question that only you can answer. Are you living the life that is truly worthy of the freedom that you've been given because of the cross? Listen, get a, can you get a shot of this? We got this big cross. We, we have a lot of crosses in our church, I've noticed. We, I have one here with me this morning. We have a big one back here. Can you guys see that big cross back? You can only see my tiny head here. We have crosses on the walls. Those crosses are to remind us of the freedom that we've been given. Chains that are gone. My sin that is gone. As I confess and repent of it in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 6 verse 13 says, Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is, the, what is right for the glory of God. God has sent his son to set us free, but it's up to you. It's up to you to keep following. It's up to you to let those chains stay on the ground where they belong, to not pick them up, and to realize and to sing that song, my sins are dead and gone. My chains are washed away. It's up to you to stay free. How do we do that? through staying close to Jesus, through abiding in Jesus, through, through that intimate encounter daily in fellowship with our Lord by saying, Lord, I choose not to live this way. And, and I'll tell you what, Satan's going to be after you every day because he's like, the Bible says he's like a roaring lion looking for someone that he can devour. He just wants to get his talons in you and to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage, your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with others. The enemy wants to destroy you, make no mistake. But as you realize that you're a child who's been set free, that those chains don't bind you anymore, that those chains of sin, those shackles don't have power over you, you have power over them because you have authority through Jesus Christ and through the cross of Calvary. So this morning, I want to ask you the question. Maybe you're saying, well, pastor, I've heard all that, but I don't even know that I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now's a great time for you to invite him into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. You're not joining a church. Maybe you're watching online. I don't know how many people are watching. Maybe you've watched this after the fact, but I've got great news for you. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Worship team, would you come up and take your place? We're going we're gonna to continue to worship the Lord as they uh, take their place. But listen, as they're doing that, I want you to stay with me just a minute. Maybe you're at home and you're sitting on your couch and you say, you know, I've never invited Jesus Christ into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. It's as really as simple as you admitting that you're a sinner for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's as simple as you believing that Jesus died on the cross for you because he loves you and he gave the very best, his only son for you. And the third thing you've got to do is confess your sins and, and not just believe that there's a God, but confess and say, Lord, I've, I have lived a life that's not honoring to you and I want to confess of my sins and I want to offer you my life today. I want to be in you and you to be in me and I want to live for you all the days of my life. And listen, don't believe the lie of the enemy that says, oh, you'll never live up to it. You'll never be good enough. You and I can't be good enough. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But remember, it's because of the cross of Calvary that we are made whole. We are made new because of the cross. Our chains are gone. So why don't you stand back up with your, with, on your feet with me again this morning and we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to close these next 15 minutes or so. And I want to encourage you to enter into God's presence. His anointing is powerful. It's real. And allow him to shower you with his love. Can you do that this morning? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just meet people right now in their living rooms as they are standing in our final act of worship this morning on this Easter Sunday as we celebrate the risen Lord, as we celebrate the reality and the fact that our chains are gone. We have been washed away. The sins have been washed away because of the blood of your son, Jesus. God, blessing upon your people today as we worship you. I pray that you would meet with us in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, don't go.